Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Chris. Amen? Isn't it great? Did you have a great Thanksgiving? Just uh, let all you Alabama fans know, all of my notes are in orange and blue. I got, you know, I dominate somewhere, and we'll dominate in my notes today. Your Bible's open to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm glad we... The older you get as an Alabama and Auburn fan, the older you get, you can laugh about it more. I, I can remember when you're 20, your 30s, you'd almost cry and weep and be depressed for a week or two. But the older you get, it does get a little bit better. Amen? Amen. I'm so glad for that. It's not bigger than life. So, uh, and we can always say, wait till next year, you know. Whatever. And then we can say it again at the end of the next year. So, God's good. Ephesians chapter 5, and um, this little statement, and you find it in the bulletin, and uh, members only. And uh, the, uh, and I'll explain it briefly. You know it to be true. We're not talking about your membership here. We'll have folks join at the end of the service today, uh, probably more than a couple. And um, joining this church has nothing to do with salvation. But saved people are members of the local church because they're members of Christ. Do you understand the difference? Anybody who's been saved and born again is a member, is a member of Christ's body. Because you're a member of Christ's body, the Lord Jesus commands that you be a member of a local congregation. In the Bible, it's the word church. In our English, it's church. Uh, Greek word is ecclesia, called out assembly. Uh, it's a common word in the, in the first century, used all the time for a, 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 you might call for a special meeting in a city. That would be a, an ecclesia. We are Christ Ecclesia, and we are His called out assembly. So if you're a member of Christ, then you need to be a member of a local church. And if you're not, you're out of the will of God. Membership matters. Only members go to heaven. Amen? We were reading last week in Ephesians chapter 5. By the way, if you don't have the handout from last week, it's really more than a handout. It's like a whole book on to front and back. Uh, Robbie's got some extra ones if you didn't bring yours. Um, so he's, he's got a few extra. We'll look at that in just a minute. And I promise you I'll do my best to try to finish it this morning. But I'm reading out of Ephesians chapter 5. And this is, by the way, men, uh, back, on the, back over here, Robbie, I'm sorry, I don't mean to boss you around. Um, yes, at the top, I think it says, Ephesians chapter 5, I just want to read, let's pick up in verse 25, Ephesians 5, 25, men, our men's Bible study, um, Disciplines of, uh, 
disciplines of a godly life. We're talking about marriage and being a godly husband, a godly father. And of all things, we'll be in part of our study tonight. We'll be in Ephesians 5. But let me begin at verse 25. We're really going to look at really one phrase, one verse, but I want to put it in its context. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. Uh, this is the whole reason Christ incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, he says, you know, Mark 10, 45, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Paul's using marriage as a picture of Christ loving the church. The church is like the bride of a man. And Christ is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. So he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her. So, so Christ sanctifies the church and sanctify as a whole, sets us apart. Word sanctify means to set apart, but also as individuals. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. I love that. Think about the cleansing power of God's word. So that he might present the church to himself. An interesting play on words because this is much like Abraham when God made a covenant with Abraham. Um, if you've studied that, when they cut the, the, the bull in half, the animal in half, if you study that, God made a covenant with himself. He's the one that did both parts of making the covenant. When you would walk through, God's presence passed through the carcass. He didn't ask Abraham to, well, here Jesus, you know, when you go do a wedding, one of the first things, you know, at a wedding, you've been to many, I've done the bride, the bridal march, and they get down front, and after I've said a few things, I ask a question. I say, who gives the bride? By the way, that's straight out of the Old Testament. A father gives his daughter away. That's right in, right, right in the Bible, several places in Leviticus. The, the father gives his, his daughter away. So he gives her away to the future husband. Here, Christ does both. He marries her and gives her away. Look what he says. He says, so that he might present the church to himself. He takes care of all of it. In splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, that he might be, that she, us individuals and the church, might be holy and without blemish. And here's a great statement. In the same way. So in the same way that that Christ sanctifies the bride, protects the bride, secures the bride, cleanses the bride, provides for the bride, seeks her glory. Then Paul says, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own body, or as their own bodies. 
He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Because You see what he's saying? We love our wives because they're one flesh with us. Everybody who's ever been saved is one flesh with Jesus. As individuals and as a local church, we are members of his body. We're in a one flesh union, much like the physical marriage is of a husband and wife. It's an intimate thing. So he says, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Then he says, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. And then, just as Christ does the church. We are we're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. A spiritual thing. We are intimately acquainted with Christ. Then he says in verse 30, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the twain or the two shall become one flesh. Genesis 2.24. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ in the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Just looking at that verse 30, because we are members of his body. Just quickly, last week we looked at this, this verse, along with several in the book of Ephesians, talk about our, as believers, members of his body, that talks about our identity, who we are in Christ. It talks about our security, right? He, he's the bridegroom. He secures the bride. Um, and even in, using that as a picture, in the book of Ephesians, he calls the Holy Spirit an engagement ring to remind us that everything the Bible says about our salvation, He's going to fulfill. So it's about security. We are in Christ, and Christ is in us. That is secure. So it's about identity. It's about security. It's about unity. Everybody in here that's saved, everybody in here that's been born again is a member of the body of Christ. That's unity. That's why the Bible demands that we as leaders protect the unity of the faith and the bonds of peace. Unity is very, very important. You know, I think about when Jesus said in John 17, he told the apostles, you know, they'll, they'll know your mind by the love you have one for another. This incredible unity. So it's about identity, it's about security, it's about unity, and it's about purity. Now, not only does the Bible call us, if you're looking at your Bible in Ephesians, he tells us that we're members. He mentions that four times. So let me just show you real quickly, just in the book of Ephesians, for the sake of time, go back to chapter 2. He's going to tell us we're members of the body four times in Ephesians. But not only that, he tells us we're a church, a called out assembly. That's nine times. By the way, just a little theological note. In Ephesians, most 
every time, not every time, but almost all nine times that the word church is used in Ephesians, it's speaking of both the local church and the universal church. The uni everybody that's ever been saved by Christ and the local church. So it's unusual, but, but it does that in almost every circumstance. But I'm now I'm talking about the times it mentions the members of the body. Uh, Ephesians 2.19 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. Uh, Peter says much the same thing. He calls us sojourners, okay? And, and strangers and sojourners. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens to God's kingdom. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Go to chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, 5 and 6. It says, Which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations. That's that mystery that, that this we're the body of Christ. As it has now been re revealed to His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery, verse 6, is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Look at Ephesians 4. Look at chapter 4. Uh, look beginning at verse 22. That you put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, it's just talking about how these how members in Christ's body works and how we function and how we live. To, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. That's how come you can act like a pagan at any moment of any day because those deceitful desires still hang around. And you can be duped into doing or saying things that are no different than a pagan. And to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. And then finally, the one we just read in Ephesians 5.30, it just simply says, because we are members of His body. Go, go to chapter 1 real quick. I'm just trying to show you this unique unity, this connection that we have with Christ and with one another. Look at Ephesians 1.23. Now we're talking about being members of the same body. It says, Verse 22, and he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That shows you the permanence of the church, the church age. And that when the church is removed, the age of grace ends but that all the things that God's doing in the church age, He will do in the church and through the church. That's what He tells us. He's the head of the church. There's, there's no other entity on the face of the earth that can take the place of the church. We'll talk about that in a minute. Look at chapter 2. I, I, I'll do this quickly, but chapter 2, uh, 
Verse 14, For He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility, talking about between Jews and Gentiles, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that He might create in Himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. It's another reason why there should not be divisions in the church. Is I don't care what ethnicity you are, because there's only one race. The Bible always uses the word ethnos. I don't care what ethnicity you are, your background, your social status, whatever it might be that makes you you, Christ saved you and made you part of His body. Christ saved me and made me part of His body and we're going to get along. That's what the Bible's saying. It says, By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that He might create in Himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So the differences that we had was crucified in Christ. And now we celebrate not our differences, we celebrate our union with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now quickly, let's take our sheets and let me buzz through this real quickly because membership matters. Let me say it again. If you're here today and you've never, ever, ever, ever been saved, transformed by the power of the gospel, made a new creation, thrown away the old and put on the new, whatever term you want to use, been born from above, if you've never experienced that, you may be a member of a local church, but you're not a member of Christ, and you are not going to heaven. To be going to heaven, you must be a member of the church of Christ, as in, you must be united to Christ. If that's you, and you're united to Christ, and you're a member of His body, then you must also be a member of a local church. Not to keep your salvation but it's an act of obedience. Hebrews tells us this. Hebrews 10 tells us this. But let me, before we read the sheet, and I'm on the, I'm the sheet that's the longest. I'm on the long side, okay, on your sheet. And I know what you're thinking. I got 11 minutes. But I want you, before I read this, here's some things you need to realize. And I got to the first one last week. This unity... This identity that we have, this security that we have, is under attack, okay? And the one thing I mentioned last week was there's disease, and I used the idea of leaven. Uh, uh, Paul even uses the word gangrene, and he, when he uses it in 2 Timothy, he's talking about false teaching. Um, Jesus is doing the same thing, remember, in Matthew 13. We went there, so I won't do it again. But he's talking about, remember I talked about the, the, the lump of dough, remember? Those of you that were here. And that, that it, it was a lump of dough in it's, um, Matthew 13, around verse 33 through 36. And it was a big lump of dough. It was more than just making, uh, you know, ten biscuits. It, it was a big patch of dough. But they would place that little piece of leaven which came from another batch of dough. That's what they did. And over time, that leaven would permeate. And we talked about how important it is for holiness in the church. 
that if we, and we looked at 1 Corinthians, if, if we personally don't, if we leave sin alone and we don't mortify the flesh, we don't kill self, then that sin will permeate the whole body. Not only is it true for me as an individual, it's true for us as a church. And we looked at that cross-reference there where the immorality was in the church at Corinth. And Paul says, don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? So any sin not dealt with, whether corporately or individually, will affect our church. Listen, your apathy and my apathy affects this church. Now, we, sometimes we can't exactly define what, how it's affecting the church. But it does because it's leaven in, in the body. And, and it affects us. Some, so your disobedience, your rebellion, my rebellion, my disobedience, all those things affect the body because we are His body. And it shouldn't be there because we're His body and we're to be holy. So we have to watch out quickly for disease, you know, that for division, um, I always think about how Moses, you know, Moses and Aaron were the leaders of the children of Israel and he had those people that would complain and tried to cause divisions. They'd even get a group of people together, a bunch of older elders, and they tried to rebel against Moses and they caused the division. And a couple of times God had to wipe a lot of people out. But So in our pursuit of being Christ-like or being the body of Christ or being members of His body, we battle disease, we battle division, we battle distraction. I love what Paul says. He says, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. How many of us get distracted by being people pleasers? I love what Paul says that in Ephesians. Don't be people pleasers. Don't do, don't do it for eye service. Or how many of us get worldly? And we love the world more than we love Jesus and it distracts us from the things of God. I mean, seriously, how committed are you to being a member of Christ's body? Just think of how profound that is to say that. I'm a member of Christ's body just as if I was a major organ in a physical body, and so are you. And you have an incredibly important role to play. And that's where then you think about all the gifts that God gives, spiritual gifts, empowers us with His Spirit, and we're stewards of that. You know, we're, this isn't. It's not. It, this isn't playtime. You know, it's not a joke. It's not a game. When I was a little boy, um, well, I can't say I was little. I've never been little. When I was young, my parents used to go sometimes to a church, but we we had to go to a church in another city because my dad was a lived like a pagan. So we'd have to go to church in Saks. If you know anything about Weaver and Saks, we had to go to Saks because mother was embarrassed how my dad lived, and rightly so. But going to church was a game for me, and I always talked about it. it was I liked going to church because when I got home, the the ball games had already started. That was my that was how I looked at church. Of course, I looked at it that way because I wasn't a member of Christ, right? But I can't dare think of the church that way now because I am Christ. I'm a member of His body. So anyway, we can get distracted. We can get divided. We can be diseased. And I think the last D I have right here, 
is we can have God's word distorted and we can say we can take God's word the wrong way or we can interpret it the wrong way. All those things are enemies against the church. So it says the household of God, the church of the living God. That's from a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 3. So we though many are one body in Christ and individual members one of another. The three C's. Now see, we did a whole year. We did more than a year. I think this was in 2016. We had this, the body. Or all, there's still some of them all over the church. Some in the church now. And then we had another sheet that went with it. It had all these verses about the body of Christ. But the three C's right here are very important when you think about the body. Now we are members of His body. And because you're members of His body, you're going to be members of a local church. Okay, But it's being members of Christ that saves you. Signing a piece of paper and joining a local church has been done by tons of lost people. Right? I've had lost people get baptized. Okay? And they somehow think that's going to save them. But they haven't been converted. We know it because they don't bear the fruits of being saved. It's the honest truth. You're a member of Christ's body. But you don't love him or serve him. Impossible. Well, anyway, these three C's under the body. It's Christ-like, connected, and called. That's a great way of thinking about the body. Christ-like, connected, right? And every one of us are called as a member of the body to fulfill a certain responsibility. And we're stewards of that. And one day we're going to give an answer for that. Can you, yeah, before we, how much time have you wasted? Have I wasted? How much money have you wasted? Have I wasted? As members of his body, and that's why the Bible calls Christ. Christ should be proto, proto, first. He is first. Is Christ first? Well, it says the authority. So when we think about the church, there's only one authority on earth that God ordained that would give shape to the Christian life. It's not parachurch ministries. I love several parachurch ministries. Answers in Genesis, the FCA. But only the church is ordained by God to help shape your Christian life. And you're, a, you're to be a member of it. When members worship together, it serves as a witness to the, to the coming gathering of all the saints at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Every time we meet, it's just a small little taste of when all the saints of all the ages are gathered around the throne and celebrate at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I've only got two minutes. <laughs> I'm at the bottom now. I'm at the bottom of the same sheet. It says every the fourth from the bottom, third from the bottom, each member of Christ's body is a steward of God's holy word. Together we share the responsibility for the spiritual help for the local church. You're a member of of his body. You're a member. So you have responsibility. By the way, the, the epistles, almost all the epistles, were written to the church. Only a few were written to a, a pastor. Most are written to a church. That's you. It says the Lord Jesus has given his body, 
this us, the church, the keys to the kingdom. We have the keys to the kingdom. Based on our ministry, there, we unlock things and we lock things. We unlock things and we lock things. Our citizenship is in heaven. For now we live as strangers in this world who desire to go home. Furthermore, when we assemble on the Lord's day, we serve as a spiritual embassy, proclaiming our king's will and his soon return. He's coming back. He's coming back to rule. So every time we meet, we gather together as his body assembled. And we're assembling kind of like a spiritual embassy. We leave here and we tell the world about our king. And our king is the king of kings. And one day he's coming back. So that's who the church is. Flip it over real quickly. Every local church and their individual members agonize together in completing the work that Christ began Ephesians 1 tells us this, I mean, uh, Acts 1 tells us this, that there's some things Jesus began that he didn't finish, and it's the work of ministry. The book of Colossians tells us this. And so we fill up what is lacking. That's how Paul says it. We fill up what is lacking in the work of Christ. And he's not talking about redemption. He's saying as the body of Christ, as members of his body, Christ is still here. In and through us. So we continue to do his work. He began it. We will finish it. And when the last work is done. The king is coming back. To get us. Now you are the body of Christ. And individual members of it. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 27. In the incarnation. The word was made flesh. And by his spirit. We now possess his fullness. See. God became man. Now God is still in man. So we're, st in our own way, we're still incarnating God the Father. We're still fleshing out the reality of God the Father and God the Son because the Spirit is in us. We, we, we're fleshing out who Jesus Christ is. When the Lord stood before Pilate, He proclaimed, My kingdom is not of this world. Folks, and he says, if it were, then my disciples would be fighting so I could be a part of, you know, I, I would rule here. How many of us are fighting for a little kingdom now? We fret over things that are temporal. We're consumed with whatever it is, trinkets, whatever it is, fame, trinkets, wealth, whatever. Because we act like the kingdoms this world. The church is not a club we join or we quit. You can't quit church if you're saved. You can't quit church. You are the church. How absurd. You're not, we're not a group with common goals and interests. You know, it's not just we're a group of people we want to get around because we all think alike. We're much more than that. We're not a service provider. We're not a social opportunity. We're not that. We're not one option in a spiritual smorgasbord. One of the trends today is to watch five different preachers on TV and go to conferences every once in a while and go to gospel singings and show up at your local church once a month and tip God. That is not the church. That's not who we are. We are members of the body of Christ. 
The church is not an option. It's not a little part of your big life. It's not a voluntary association. It's not small home groups, mission trips, or TV ministry. It's not any of those things. We're not a moral rehab center. This is not where you get your best life now. Colossians 2 says, For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. Revelation 1.8 says, and I'll finish with this, to him who loves us, now listen to this, this is Revelation 1.8, I believe, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and he made us a kingdom. He made us a kingdom. Back to the book of Acts. That last thought. It's much greater than you could ever imagine what Jesus did and what he said to Paul. It's Acts 9, around verse 4 or 5, somewhere in there. Again, Paul's killing Christians. And Jesus, he's gone to Damascus. He's almost in Damascus. And Jesus strikes him down. Great picture. Read it for yourself. Acts 9. But what Jesus says to Paul is shocking. I don't know how many Christians Paul had persecuted, how many other than Stephen that had been a part of them losing their lives. But he, Jesus says to Paul, Why are you persecuting me? Because every person that Paul had persecuted was a member of his body. So he says, why are you persecuting me? Folks, I'm here to tell you that members only go to heaven. Are you a member of Christ? And as a member of Christ, are you obedient and a member of the local church? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and our hearts are open to the Lord. In just a moment we'll stand and sing a hymn of invitation. But this is the invitation this morning. I want you to heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody looking around, just thinking, considering. Again, let's, let's think through it. Church membership does not save. However, membership in Christ does save. And being a member of Christ, Christ commands every one of us to be a member of a local church. So, to be obedient, you must be a member of Christ and be saved. And you must be a member of a local church. A fruitful active member of a local church. Now, where do you fall in church membership? It grieves me to say that there may be a few in here that have made another decision. You actually believe or have been led to believe that joining a church as a 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 
20-year-old just joining the church and signing a piece of paper and going through some water is what makes you a believer. Folks, you may, you may know his name, you may know some of his stories, but Jesus is going to say to you that he never knew you. This church membership doesn't say. Only repenting and believing in the finished work of Christ saves you from sin. Are you a member of Christ? If you say yes, then you need to be a member of the local church. Today's the day that you can make that decision. Father, we love you and thank you for your grace and mercy. Move among us now, we pray in Christ's name. We stand and we sing. We stand, we sing. Okay, I didn't read your thing. Both of you have been saved. Both of you have been immersed. So got all that clear. Now, I didn't read. Are y'all coming from a sister church? From another Baptist church. Another Baptist church. Okay, come by letter. Okay. Where is that? Is that in the Carolinas? Yes. Okay. okay. You, you gave me that information on that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just stand right there. Okay. Look right there. I think I'm going to join today. <laughs> About time. You know, I can remember way back, and this was a long time ago. I came here as, oh, burn my shirt, burn. Thank you. Thank you for saving my life. Um, I'm going to blow this out so I don't burn myself. Um, thank you. That could have been funny, couldn't it? Is the camera still on back there? Okay. Uh, um, anyway, I, I, was, I came here as a bivocational. Bi you know, I, I filled in several weeks, and they asked me to be their bivocational pastor. And when I came, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, I mean, I got four kids, and the first Sunday came and went, and I didn't even join the church. And some of the deacons approached me the next Sunday and asked me if I'd finally think you don't join the church, your pastor. And I mean, that's a problem, isn't it? Y'all didn't think that was funny, but I thought it was funny. Forgot to join the church. Folks, listen, uh, Michael, um, was it Monday we had the funeral? We... Uh, we buried his, well, we had his mom's funeral on uh, Monday. This is Michael and Susie Gandy. Say hello. hello. Susie is Robbie's sister. Are you, are you the youngest? No, no. There's three young. I'll just check and see if you do. Robbie, come stand with your sis. Come on, Emily. Y'all stand with them. Um, Michael and Susie have been coming probably for a year, I'd say, maybe. And uh, I know they've talked about this and uh, with Robbie. You know, anyway, they, 
they're saved, they've been immersed, and they want to be a member of our church by transfer of a letter from a sister church. Uh, matter of fact, in North Carolina, am I correct? If you rejoice in their decision, say, praise the Lord. Praise now, I'm tell you something else that's great about, not that Michael's not great, Michael's great too, but Susie's great because Susie works in our Mother's Morning Out, right? So, Cindy, you work there. Micah, you work there. Come on and stand. Come on, stand. Who else works there? Somebody else works. Anybody else work there? We have uh, several of our church members that work in our Mother's Morning Out. We need a deacon, Dale. Scott's going to be a deacon. So, and I'm your Sunday school teacher. Somebody in my Sunday school class. Cindy, I know you're in my class. But let's get somebody. somebody else goes to my class, come and stand with them. Come on, some Bruce will be, oh, that, okay. Now that was real creative. That was very creative. Okay. Folks, do you understand about church membership, how important it is that you do this? And you know, there's so many things you're saying, and I'll talk, I don't want to preach another sermon. You're telling me, this is what Michael and Susie are telling me and you. They're telling us that they are committed to Christ. They want to unite with us in fulfilling God's plan for this church. That's what they're saying when they join. They're part of our church body. And they're going to use their, they're going to use their gifts and their abilities to help us be the church. It's exciting. I mean, it's, and it's what you should be doing. And so if you're here today and you're saved, but you're not planted, you need to get planted. Have I said that before? Yeah. Well, now I asked Susie and Michael to sing a song as we depart. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They're a sweet couple. Let's pray together. We'll be dismissed. Make sure you go by and give them the right hand of fellowship before you leave. Men, don't forget Bible study tonight. Choir's also at five. Father, we love you and thank you for your grace and mercy. And Father, thank you for the beauty of the church. And none of us are deserving. It's all by your grace and mercy. But thank you for saving us, securing us, calling us into the ministry, and placing us in a local church so that we might serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the privilege we have to represent the Lord Jesus Christ in a pagan world. Bless Susie. Bless Michael. Father, may they be instrumental in us being the body of Christ that we should be. In Jesus' name, amen. Go by and see them.